Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. This week, I'm joined by wife, mother, and musician Kathleen LeBlanc. Kathleen is an incredibly talented vocalist and is one half of the band Found Together, formerly known as A Guy and a Girl. She started this band with her now husband, Jesse, and together they've not only grown strong in their music, but also their family and the ministry that drives their gift and love of music. In this episode, Kathleen and I talk about how she started a band with her husband, the ways that her feminine identity was challenged through some personal adversities, and her conviction in the fact that all women are destined to live out their call as mother. A quick note before we get going. You'll hear Kathleen and I refer to her band as a guy and a girl, and that's because at the time of recording this interview, the band name change hadn't happened yet. But please stay to the end of the interview to hear a little more of the story behind their new band name, Found Together. Okay, on with the show. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm doing so, so great. How are you? I'm doing really well. The baby's asleep. I had a lovely day. And I'm talking with you, so things are good. Wonderful. I was just mentioning, just as we were getting started, that we have crossed paths before, but it's only recently. And I wanted to give a shout out to our good mutual friend, Robin Aguila, in spirit reuniting us. And it's led me to be able to have this conversation with you. So thank you for making the time. When I met Jesse earlier, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is actually happening. Like I'm meeting both <laughs> Kathleen and Jesse LeBlanc. This is wonderful. <laughs> oh, praise God. We're happy to meet you online across the country and, and be here with you. So thanks, Rachel. Yeah. So I was wondering for maybe those folks who don't know you, would you be able to introduce yourself and share a little bit about what you do right now? Sure. So my name is Kathleen. I am married to my husband, Jesse. We have a little boy named Noah who just turned one year old. So he's like around the same age as your podcast. Congratulations. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) So awesome. And so I was working at McMaster University and Canadian Martyrs Church, which is right across the street from McMaster doing campus ministry. And then I went on mat leave when Noah was born, of course. And then we've discerned that I'm going to be staying home with Noah and not returning to that position of ministry, but we'll see what the Lord has in store. But for now, I'm at home. And Jesse and I have a band together that it's called A Guy and a Girl. And we're, I would say, yeah, we're like a Catholic band, but we also do a lot of secular, like coffee shop kind of music too and, and songwriting. But yeah, it's been a ministry for us leading worship. That's primarily what we do is lead worship for events and we worship on our Instagram. And that's where God's calling us right now. So that's a little bit about me. Right. What's so wonderful about that is, especially in like, as we're recording this, we're still very much in the time of COVID. And 
what I have seen as I've been following you for quite some time on Instagram, just seeing just how yourself and Jesse have been sharing your praise and worship with other people in this kind of new normal that we find ourselves in. And for me, it just brings me so much joy because it really connects all of us together in a very unique way. So thank you for doing that. It just brings a lot of joy and healing in my own life. And I'm sure for so many Mm. other folks. Oh, thanks, Rich. Yeah, praise God. We to catch people up if they haven't seen that we're doing live worship on Thursday nights on like Facebook and Instagram. And I think this idea came around in January before COVID happened that we were just like, man, like we've had to say no to a few different music opportunities just because we want like Noel is young, he's really dependent on me as his mom, like naturally. And so we had to say no to a few things. We're like, man, how can we continue to serve with our music while still being attentive to Noah? And so then the idea of doing live worship came and then like, I don't know, a month later, quarantine happened and it was like, whoa, like this is very timely that we begin this because this is the only way that we can be with people now and it's borne a lot of fruit. So we're very thankful that we have the opportunity to serve at home. It was like such an answer to prayer. Not not that our prayer caused the pandemic, I hope. (laughs) But God works through all things and it was in a way that we can serve while still being with Noah. So yeah, we're very thankful for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like he was preparing you and just getting you ahead of the curve almost. Yeah, exactly. Like we think we're in charge and then God is like, "Ah, here I am. Like follow after me. Okay. Thank you. I will. (laughs) (laughs) And I think speaking of that, because I know that you were saying that you work in ministry, you do a lot of music ministry. And I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit about your faith journey, how it's led you across so many different provinces, you were kind of counting them off earlier. But yeah, if you could share a little bit about that. So I grew up as a cradle Catholic. My family is very Catholic, six kids, you know, Sunday mass, daily mass, daily rosary kind of family, especially growing up. And I was born in in Manitoba. That's where my parents planted their roots after they're both from Ontario, but they planted their roots in Manitoba. And then we moved to Ontario back to my parents' families when I was in grade six, I believe it was. And from there, I think I started going to Steubenville conferences in Ohio. We started going, we didn't really have a youth group at my church, but that was kind of the main youth ministry opportunity that we had. And so every summer we take a bus down with a parish and go to Steubenville conferences. And I think those really influenced my faith in a powerful way. And the experience of adoration was just huge. I remember my first experience of, like I'd been to adoration, but praise and worship during adoration with a thousand other teens. Oh my gosh, I remember being overwhelmed with tears and uh, overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. So that was a big part of my high school journey. But I think my faith really became my own as it does for a lot of people. Like when you go to university, you kind of either decide, is my faith going to be mine or am I going to leave it behind? And leaving it behind was never really something that I thought about. My faith was important to me. But I think, and I mean, still in some ways now, we're like, okay, keep my faith at the forefront. Keep my faith at the forefront. Jesus, you're first. But all my life has been multiple conversions. But all that to say, I think that my passion for knowing the truth of anything, like I just love knowing truth and seeking after it, whether it's faith or science or whatever, like I just love learning. So when I went to university at Our Lady Seat of Wisdom Academy for my first three years of post-secondary school and studied theology there, and I think my faith really came to me in a lot more personal and mature way when I realized, oh my gosh, the church has so much to teach me. I think in high school, it was like I learned about my faith and that there's teachings, there's the commandments and we pray. But I think it was like, whoa, there's years of history and brilliant minds and academics and 
revelation being unfolded taught by our church and we have access to it all to like learn what our church is teaching about anything. And so that really excited me. And I think started me on a journey of just really wanting to to continue to know the truth and to teach it to other people. I continued my Catholic theology study at Catholic Pacific College in BC. So I moved from Ontario to BC to continue my Catholic studies, which was phenomenal. I was so blessed to be able to continue at Catholic Pacific. It's a Catholic school at Trinity Western University, if anyone's wondering. They're both amazing schools connected to each other. So when I was in Langley, which is where the school is, I got involved with St. Joseph's Church, and it was always on my heart to do ministry. I felt that I wanted to teach the faith, but I just had it in me that I couldn't be a teacher because I, and many teachers do this and like praise God for them, but I just knew that I would probably get kicked out of a school because I'm just so passionate about the truth and I will <laughs> never water it down. There's a lot of teachers that are under fire for speaking the truth about our faith and what it teaches, which is really sad. And I just didn't feel that that's where God wanted me to use my gifts. And so youth ministry was where I felt called. And so I began being a youth minister at St. Joseph's. And yeah, my faith continued to get deeper. That's where I met my husband, Jesse, was at school there while I was doing my studies there and part-time youth ministry. But I guess jumping around, like even before that, part of where I felt called to do ministry was in pro-life work. So I worked for National Campus Life Network, which works with university students speaking their pro-life message on university campuses, which is not an easy thing to do. But I think just my passion for truth and bringing it to people, it was like, this is something that so many people don't know. And it's like life-changing in life-saving. You know, it has to be spoken. Lives are being lost every day in our country mm-hmm. and people don't know about it. And so I felt very passionate about speaking the pro-life message to people. And so that was a big part of ministry for me was pro-life work and then youth ministry. And then I guess like, I mean, just like rambling off about my life, Rachel, but I guess that's why I'm here. <laughs> so Jesse is from Nova Scotia. We met and started dating, got married. And into our second year of marriage, we had a miscarriage of our first little baby. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to experience. Never imagined that it would happen to me. You never think that difficult things are going to happen to you. Yeah, this wasn't in my family history. My mom never had miscarriages like my grandmas did, my sister didn't. So it just like never really occurred to me that this was possible. And so it really rocked Jesse and I to the core. And I guess the point of me telling you this right now is that it really rocked us to want to be close to family. Even when we first got pregnant with our first baby, we were like, wow, this is something we want to share with family and be close to them. Like we had amazing friends in in BC, but growing your family, we just felt called to be near family. And then when we lost, um, we named him Pierre Joseph. When we lost Mm -hmm. Pierre, we felt called to be near family because we, I just longed to be with my mom and my sisters and my brothers just during that time. So I guess maybe six months later, we moved back to Ontario where my family is. And so we've been living here for almost three years now, I think. That's when I started doing campus ministry. So I guess I answered a few different questions there, but uh, that's kind of how I've been all over the country a little bit. Praise God for the adventure and thankful for where he's brought me. Mm, yeah and I want to speak into something that you mentioned too where like first and foremost thank you for your vulnerability I think we mentioned we crossed paths before but this is really the first time where we're able to kind of speak one-on-one in, in a very unique but intimate setting and like you were saying just the fact that we never think that something 
you know, whether it's dramatic or painful or difficult could ever happen to us, especially if like, you know, historically speaking in your own life, in your family's life, even among maybe your friends or your social circles, we don't see or we don't typically maybe talk about these types of things. And then when it does happen, we really start to wonder. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you and Jesse, but also how you both were able to, from that, really have that desire to be close to family. And then like how it's just brought you back to your roots almost to be surrounded around people who really know you inside and out. And and now praise God, you have a beautiful baby boy, or I guess not so baby anymore. Um, <laughs> it's still my baby. <laughs> but exactly, but still your baby. Yeah. And that is so powerful. So I, I just wanted to thank you for sharing that with myself and our listeners. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, I mean, there's so much I could say on that topic of miscarriage. And I mean, especially in, the, in terms of the feminine genius, like when, and I, I knew what the feminine genius was from studying my Catholic faith in my early years of university, but especially losing my first child, like I hope that I never experienced losing another child, but I think losing my first child, not having any others, any living children, it was something I really needed to grapple with was, did I lose my motherhood? And what is my place now? Because I'm still a mother, even though my child is in heaven, but I, I can't actively mother him, you know? And it was such a, such a hard thing to pray through or grapple with because we lost him at about 10 weeks, which like relatively is such a short amount of time, but it's enough time to really be like, here we go. Like this is part of my vocation. I'm going to be a mother. Like this is my baby. Like there's a life there that I'm caring for. And then to lose him was like, who am I now? Like I was really entering into that identity of mother, which is so intrinsic to who we are as women. And I was like, did I lose that? And so I think journeying through that with my spiritual director and with Jesse and my friends, just really leaning into what it means to be feminine is to be a mother, no matter if you have biological children on this earth in heaven or not, truly we are all called to be spiritual mothers. Number one, whether or not you're ever able to have biological children, or if you're married or single or dating or anything like spiritual motherhood is the call for women to be Mm. mothers. And so that was so clear to me in a new way, that reality of motherhood, because I didn't lose my motherhood because I'm still a mother to my son, but I didn't feel like I could actively mother him, like I said, but then it was more clear to me that the people in my midst, I forget which scripture verse it is, but it says, tend to the flock in your midst. And I love that scripture verse, just being like, who are my people? Who are the children that God has given me and right in front of me to mother? And at the time when I lost Pierre, you know, I was doing youth ministry and then I was starting to transition into moving to do campus ministry at McMaster. And really the more understanding about being a spiritual mother became so much more deep to me when I was at McMaster. I think that's when I was really working through those feelings of, did I lose my motherhood? And the Catholic club that I worked with is called Maxa, McMaster Catholic Student Association. And I just remember one day, one of the students called me Maxa mom. And like, like it just confirmed for me these prayers that I had of like, these are my spiritual children. And I'm journeying with them both as they're here in a lot of ways, you know, on the journey, but also to mother them. And I think the feminine gifts God has given me to be mother I feel like I was given the graces to blossom in them. And the fact that they saw that in me to call me Maxim mom was just like, thank you, Lord, that, you know, I have not lost my motherhood and I'm growing in it in many, many ways, both for my biological child in heaven. And like soon after that, I was pregnant with Noah while I was still working at Mac. But my ultimate role as spiritual mother for my students and now for Noah 
God was very much was growing that part of my feminine genius to be a mother. And we did a feminine genius study each semester with the girls at McMaster. And I really felt passionate about sharing that with them. Like wherever you are, like you're a student, you're still a mother. Like the people that you're journeying with are your children. Not that you're like some grandma, I'm wise and old and like I can tell you stuff, but like motherhood in the true sense of, I think it's Edith Stein's quote, a mother is a heart in which souls can unfold, I think is what she says. And whenever we journey with people to Christ, we're allowing them to unfold and to bloom. And we do that in such a beautiful way as mothers, spiritual mothers. And so, yeah, that's something very close to my heart that God taught me through that experience. So I'm glad I could share that with you being this feminine genius podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Thank you. And there's just so much grace, I feel like, when it comes to any type of suffering that we do endure, any challenges that we come across, recognizing that God is still in our midst and at work in the process. So I just want to affirm that. And it just strikes me like how well-versed you are in this. And this is maybe the product of a number of experiences that you have in your life, the grace and the gifts to journey with young women, whether it was in like youth ministry or young adult ministry while you were working on campus. And like you were saying, it's like at every stage of our lives, especially as young women, we start to really develop our identities. We are so called through our feminine genius to journey with other women. And that is so mm-hmm, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, such a gift that I continue to learn about every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, aside from that gift, like, of course, I, I can't ignore the fact that you also have a incredible singing voice. Thanks, and Rachel. You and your husband together. So you alluded to earlier, a guy and a girl music. How did that get started? Well, Jesse and I actually met because of music. So we both were studying at Catholic Pacific and Trinity Western. I had seen him at the daily mass there. And I think maybe he messaged me on Facebook just to say, because I think I was singing maybe during the mass, like doing some canter parts. And he had messaged me being like, oh, like, I love your voice. Thanks for singing, whatever. And I was like, oh, cool, like whatever. And then <laughs> um, a mutual friend of ours, Anastasia Pierce, I worked with her for National Campus Life Network. And she was planning like a youth conference for pro-life students at a high school. And she's like, hey, it'd be cool to have music as a part of this. Kathleen, like I know this guy, Jesse, who plays music. It'd be really cool if you guys could get together and play music for this conference because both of you are talented, whatever. And so we're like, okay, this is kind of random. But like, I remember Jesse being like, he told me later, he was like, gosh, I hope she's good or whatever. Like, this is going <laughs> to be like awkward. Anyway, so we just met up in a music room at Trinity Western University and just started jamming together. And we didn't actually end up playing that conference. Jesse had like an exam that was scheduled that day and he couldn't play and I had to play by myself. But anyway, we just continued to like meet up to jam to different events that were at school. Like we did a coffee house and one time we played the Freedom Conference in Vancouver with a few other friends. And so just like little things like that kept coming up where we were connected musically and we're like, hey, let's play together. And then eventually we started dating. Like this is another story, but I was engaged when I met Jesse. So we were really free to be friends, which is beautiful. Like our our friendship just really grew as, as musicians and friends. And then eventually we started dating as I ended that other relationship. And music continued to be something that we just loved to do together. We entered Langley Has Talent and we won, which was like so cool. And like, that's where we came up with our name, A Guy and a Girl. We needed to name ourselves. So for that contest, we named ourselves A Guy and a Girl and continued to have God send us opportunities to play and, and particularly to lead worship. We played music at St. Joseph's Church um, and it just really grew from there. So praise God. And we love doing it. And, and it's such a nice thing to do together as a couple, like, individually we've been musicians for a while but I just can't imagine like 
leaving Jesse here with no one to go off and do an event by myself. I mean, if that's mm. what God called me to, cool. But and I'm just so blessed that we get to go together when we were playing at a conference recently. Like we stayed at a hotel and brought Noah along. And, you know, it was just like really cool. Like, wow, I don't want to do this by myself. We can do this together as a family. It's such a gift to encourage each other in there and songwrite together and talk about music whenever and around the dinner table. Like we're blessed that God gave us that ministry together. So did you ever think that maybe after the first event that you played together prior to winning Langley's Got Talent, what was it like to play that first event and just be like, huh, he realizes oh. you are good. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably the first event we played was, yeah, like I think it was like a coffee house at the university. I don't know, like in my mind, Jesse was like so out of my league, like above my league. I just never imagined that he would want to continue to play music with me. Like I was like, oh, like this is cool. We ended up jamming and we learned this song. Let's play it at this thing. But in my mind, it was like, no, like I wouldn't, I didn't even cross my mind that he might ever want to start a band with me. Like Jesse is so cool, so funny, so holy. And he's a couple of years older than me. So you kind of have this high school mentality of like, oh, they're older than me. So like, they don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm so immature that way, but not anymore. But I was, I guess. And so I would never would have imagined. But I guess when music continued to be such like a big part of our relationship when we started dating, of course, it was like, yeah, this is never not going to be a part of how we serve. It comes naturally to us to serve in that way. And I wouldn't say it's like a burdensome ministry, which I think is a good sign that you're gifted in a certain way that we love to do it. It gives us life. And so I hope that God always gives us those opportunities to serve in that way. And if it's just from our home playing together for like, especially right now during COVID, we can't go to mass. So we play worship music on Sunday mornings and read the readings. And that's how we keep our Sunday holy. I'm thankful that we can do that together. And if that's the way that we do it, just to serve each other, like praise God. Mm-hmm. So. And I guess with Noah as well, like, are you able to maybe like give him a little percussive instrument to play along or? (laughs) He, so we haven't really been watching mass online just because it's just harder to engage Noah in it when it's just like on TV. And so we definitely have um, little shakers for him and like tambourines and stuff, but he's so excited to touch the guitar. So Jesse's like playing guitar to lead worship. And usually I'm just kind of wrangling Noah, but (laughs) Noah likes to just like touch the strings and like, it makes the guitar not really sound, but that entertains Noah as we pray. So like, great, it all works out. So we're always joking that we're like trying to teach him rhythm so he can become a drummer because we need a drummer in our band or a cellist. So we're like, okay, these are the two instruments he needs to learn. So he can be part of our band. (laughs) We don't need another guitar. (laughs) Just kidding, but kind of serious. (laughs) (laughs) Noah, if you're listening. Your mom yeah. needs to be a percussionist. <laughs> practice the drums. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, now, Kathleen, like, I know that you touched on this a little bit. We were talking about motherhood and the beauty of motherhood within us as women and within our feminine genius. I guess, like, when you think about your life and think about the different experiences that you've had and music and serving as, like, both a spiritual mom and now a biological mother, in terms of the feminine genius, what aspects, maybe beyond motherhood, have you seen that flourish in your life? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think most of all, something that gives me life is to journey with people in their lives of faith. And I just get excited when in a conversation with somebody, whether it's like somebody that I'm actually ministering to, like if it's a student that I was working with, or if my neighbor and something of substance comes to the conversation, like I get so excited to be like, okay, Holy Spirit, what's it going to be? What are we going to talk about? And I think that being able to journey with people and encourage them along the way. And yeah, I don't ever feel, well, sometimes I have to watch for this, but like in those conversations, I don't want to be like, I just need to talk to you about Jesus. Like, just listen to me. Like, I don't feel like that's 
where my heart is at, praise God. But just being able to listen and, and like, and mothers, like I think, you know, really, really good and true mothers who are living in their calling are really great listeners and speak just enough to give that encouragement into the right direction. And I think that being able to do that, whether it's my neighbor or Noah, as he begins learning, he's already saying, Jesus, Jesus is one of his first words. And I'm so thankful. <laughs> but like, as he's learning about our Lord, or like if I'm actually ministering, doing Alpha, like we're hoping to do Alpha with our neighbors or Alpha, like actually at church, being able to journey with people and listen and encourage them. And like that quote that I mentioned earlier about being a place where people can unfold, to water them, to give them sunlight, to be someone that can give them an encouragement and wisdom and advice if they ask for it. Provide a space for people to ask questions, to, to make mistakes, be themselves. Even being like a homemaker, like a wife at home, hospitality is something that I feel called to and just like having people over hopefully soon, please COVID end. (laughs) But having people over just to let them get to know us and we can get to know them and like serve them dinner and any other aspiring homemakers out there, I encourage you to read Theology of Home. It's just like a, a beautiful perspective that your home is the domestic church and how are we preaching the gospel through our home? It says in the book, many people may not step into a church, but they would step into your kitchen. And how is your hospitality preaching the gospel, whether you are literally preaching the gospel to them, teaching them about Jesus as the Holy Spirit prompts you, or maybe just you don't realize that the way your family interacts with each other is preaching the gospel to them. Well, the way that your home brings peace and order is a haven from the chaos of the world. We don't really realize how our homes can do that when people come over. Cause yeah, it's your home. Like you take it for granted of like how things flow. But for some people who maybe haven't come from like a good home where they don't really have family and they come to your house and experience the love of family and the peace and order of, you know, well-ordered home is like preaching the gospel. And I love being able to do that. I, I love hosting parties, hosting dinners, having people over for coffee. And I really think that that's always going to be a way that like I hope that God uses our family to preach the gospel to people in such a simple but powerful way. Wow. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for your time today. And just before we close, I was wondering if you could lead us in a closing prayer. Oh, sure. I would love to. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Of course. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for the ways that you are using this podcast to inspire women in particular to tap into their feminine genius that you've given them in order to draw souls closer to you and Uh, to come to know you in their own feminine heart. I ask that you would bless whoever is listening, that they would go from listening to this podcast back to their studies, back to their housework, back to their work, wherever you're calling them, Lord, and that they would touch those they are with, those they are serving, that those that they live with, with their feminine genius, and in that bring your name to their homes, to their families, to their work, Lord. We thank you for calling us to work in your kingdom and serve alongside you. And we pray for the humility to listen to you always. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. This is so beautiful to be with you. As I mentioned off the top of the show, between the time that we recorded the interview and the release of this episode, something big happened for Kathleen and Jesse. After a lot of prayer and discernment, they decided to rename their band Found Together. In this Feminine Genius follow-up, I caught up with Kathleen to hear the story of Found Together 
and what's next for her and Jesse. It's always been for a while now a topic of conversation on the back of our minds that we wanted to change our band name from a guy and a girl to something else. And it was kind of superficial at first, just that we realized that a guy and a girl wasn't that unique. It was kind of hard to Google search and just not very memorable in that kind of way. And also it didn't really describe who we were. Like it does describe who we are, but it doesn't really describe who we are. We were talking about, okay, well maybe we'll just change our name to Jesse and Kathleen. That's obviously unique, but then I actually went on a workshop with Lisa Canning, who I know has been on this podcast before, and she was really encouraging me to be more intentional with our music ministry. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like we're not nearly as intentional as we could be. And so that led us to conversations about who are we? What are we doing with these gifts God has given us? And if we are going to change our name, what will best describe what we're trying to do with these gifts God's given us? And so we felt inspired to call ourselves Found Together, which is our new band name. Basically, we feel it describes the fact that our music, it really isn't about the music. What we really care about when we play music is the experience of being together, the experience of leading people closer to Christ. And so we found that the word found really lends itself well to the idea that all of us are longing to be known, especially by God, ultimately, but also to be known by each other. And in saying known, I mean just like someone who knows you inside and out, all of your weaknesses, all of your strengths, and loves you in them and helps you become who God has created you to be. And we really feel like the word found explains that. Like when you are found, you are known, you are loved in the deepest way. And so found together really lends itself to the beauty of community and having a community of people that loves you in that way. And then also a community of people that leads you towards Christ who truly knows you the best and finds you in the most beautiful way. Found Together is going to be more than just music. We really feel called to widen our ministry using the music, but more than just playing songs, we know that God's given us the gift of leading worship and leading people in prayer and discipling people. That's something that we really care about, those kinds of things, just really entering into people's stories and guiding them towards Christ. One of the main things we hope to do is host retreats. Right now, they're going to be online, and we hope to host the first one during the Advent season. We're hoping that it'll be over the course of Advent, multiple meetings online with worship nights and discussions and online community of accountability of letting yourself be found by our Lord. So that's the first thing we're very excited about. And the second thing is that we're hoping to, we're calling it like our flagship concert. We've named it Experience Found Together because neither of us really enjoy singing to like rows of people. We love the experience of being together, enjoying music together. So we're planning this concert to be like a celebration, like a party. There's gonna be cocktail tables, bring your friends, bring a date, food and drink, and we're gonna play music, entertain people, but it's not really gonna be about us. It's gonna be about everybody enjoying the experience together. So we're hoping to have these types of concerts regularly to facilitate community and the joy of being together. So those are two things. And the third thing, we're finally going to be recording our original music and then release it early 2021. So lots of exciting things on the go. We're feeling so blessed and God is really encouraging us in all these things. So can't wait to see where it all goes. My thanks again to Kathleen LeBlanc for joining me on the show today. To learn more about Found Together, you can check out their website, wearefoundtogether.com. There you'll find links to their music, upcoming events, and learn about how you can support Kathleen and Jesse in their ministry. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at wearefoundtogether. I've left links to these in the episode description below. You can stay up to date with the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. 
And you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and many other platforms. All this information can be found on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.